What's up, guys? Welcome back to a brand new episode of The Blair List. So excited for today's guest because I have Amanda Barona, a.k.a. That Dancer, photographer extraordinaire. Ooh, that was nice. (laughs) (laughs) It, It almost feels like you're so much more than a photographer. So calling you that like doesn't really encompass everything that you do, which we'll get into. Exactly, yeah. But on this podcast, we like to start at the beginning. So where are you from and what did you want to be when you grew up? I'm from Hollywood, Florida. So I'm a Broward baby. Um, Growing up, I wanted to be a dancer. I guess that's where my name and IG (laughs) comes from. I wanted to be like a dancer and probably prior to that, a rapper, which God forbid, (laughs) if anyone finds my MySpace, you will see I had songs, but... Oh my God. Well, you shouldn't have told me that. And <laughs> You're going to find them. I'm going to pull up literally next week with your 15 year old MySpace page. Oh my gosh. I love yeah. that. So your Instagram name is that dancer, which everyone knows you by. And I'm sure mm-hmm. you get the question all the time. How did you go from being a dancer to getting into photography? Um, well, let me clarify. I wasn't a stripper because <laughs> a lot of people often ask me if I was a stripper or I am stripping, but I'm not a stripper. Um, I was taking hip hop classes, I want to say senior year, sophomore year, high school. Um, one of my best friends, Johnny Erasmi, who was like really well sought out into the industry. He danced for Justin Bieber, Chris Brown, he did Michael Jackson. He's done everything. I saw how dance changed his life. So I kind of was like, Hey, if it got him out of Broward, it'll get me out of Broward. And he was in LA. So that was the goal was to move to LA. Um, took hip hop classes I did a couple music videos um I did one audition with T-Pain it was terrible (laughs) and um I made it to like the top 30 and then when it came down to like top 12 I didn't make it and I think I got so frustrated because I had already built a bond with him as a friend so I felt like well dang if I'm not good for him I'm not good for anybody so I just gave up dancing that day and I just picked I I was already shooting because of my space and stuff like taking pics of people but I started taking photography more serious since I already had a, like a few networks and plugs here and there. So, and then I was tired of paying for concerts. <laughs> I feel like the MySpace generation, like all of us who grew up with that, knowing that mm-hmm. that was the first social media, I feel like we're naturally so like multifaceted. We can like code, we can like I discover new music. Like we used to do the pages. Craziest- I, I'm like, you guys don't even understand. I used to like change my background all the time, change the playlist and you couldn't see the playlist because yeah, I had the it, hidden They code. couldn't steal your music <laughs> and like you would have the most coolest little things up. Like it's amazing. Like what we used to do back then, people are going to college to learn. And I was like, I wish I never stopped doing all that coding because I would be like, oh, you like that background? Pfft, got you. I would like take the code off someone else's page and find what where they got the source from. And I could read the coding now. Pfft, it's like hieroglyphics. I can't even do nothing. It's now. so funny. And I feel like we were exposed to so much at such a young age and we kind of had to like teach ourselves how to do things that now we can pick up things so much easier than like someone who came from the next generation. So yeah. shout out to us. And if you're listening <laughs> and you're a MySpace baby too, you know what I'm talking about. Exactly. Cause that has actually come up on the last three podcast episodes of MySpace. So oh, either I'm crazy. really old oh, no. or I'm really old. I love asking people who grew up in South Florida how growing up here influenced you and your work ethic. I feel like I've thought about this a couple of times because I feel like if I were if I grew up anywhere else, I probably wouldn't have wanted I probably wouldn't have been like I wanted to do radio. I wanted to do so many other things that I probably would have like really went to school and did broadcasting or something. But being out here, you have access to like actual like artists that just walk across the street and you could have an opportunity. You can go up to them. Like also going back to MySpace. back in the day, we didn't have Instagram where you would see where people were 24 seven. It would just be like a blog. Like, Hey, we're going to be at the mall, Aventura mall. And you're like, Oh my God, I got to hit my mom. Mom, BTK is at Aventura. We got to go right now. <laughs> oh my like, God. BTK. <laughs> so I would just take those opportunities and I really utilize radio too, to kind of, maneuver how it was going back in the day but because you know when you grow up here 
especially back then, it can be, it could either go one of two ways. Either you get like really inspired and you find what you want to do and you go full throttle, or you just sort of get into that like lazy South Florida groove of, Mm -hmm. you know, not really traveling much or living out of state or doing anything like that. And you've experienced so much with your photography career, you know, going on tour with all of these artists and mm-hmm. being exposed to a lot of different things. Do you think that growing up in my, sorry, Fort Lauderdale mm-hmm. was um, beneficial and helped motivate you? I believe so. Just because I guess, you know, South Florida in general is a melting pot. So we have so many different people from all over the world. So I was able to I had like a really cool group of like a circle of friends growing up that I want to say like it's crazy, but we look at it and we're like, we're all doing something like we have a name or a status and it's like, we may not have blue checks, but we're <laughs> damn near close to it. So I'm just like, this is crazy. Like so-and-so is over here doing like tours and dance, like dancing in every award show. And then we have someone who's doing like graphics or someone who actually became like a legitimate rapper. And I feel like because of being around them growing up, how we were together like I guess we were always had that mentality like we're gonna get out we're gonna do something with our lives I mean most of high school I literally tortured myself because I would literally go to sleep at three in the morning and my mom's like go to bed I'm like no because famous people don't go to sleep so I would like stay up and get like two hours of sleep go to school and I'm like this is gonna be my life though and like now I regret it because this is literally my life I sleep two hours a day (laughs) and I can't sleep ever now I was gonna say like you're literally one of the most dedicated people that I know because I see you on Instagram literally going from working all day at a nine to five Mm -hmm. going to a concert or finding your way into some sort of situation that you want to be in somehow and staying there until I don't know three in the morning then going Mm -hmm. home and editing pictures because everyone's already blowing up your line the second you left of when you can get the pictures back and waking up and doing it all over again. Mm -hmm. Is it because you always wanted to be famous and thought that famous people never slept? Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. (laughs) Because I was like training myself like this is what's gonna, how it's gonna be like, like even watching movies growing up, like this is gonna be a shameless like mention, but like Cheetah Girls. <laughs> like like remember because you see all them how they were going through the struggles of you know being teenage kids going through the, like getting the record deal being coming famous and friendship breaking up this and that so me in my head I'm like all right well this is what I got to do and I was trying to train myself into being like a beast like being able to only handle two hours of sleep and still do everything I had to do and get homework done and do what I had to do but um people don't believe me like back when I was shooting and I had a nine to five they didn't believe I had a nine to five I was like no like I really have to go to work in two hours and I'm in the club with like bottles popping and like craziness going on and I'm just like okay well I gotta go oh no stay longer no I really like y'all want these pictures yeah I might just have to put them in a box and I gotta go to work and then I'll be at the job and I'm damn near getting fired because I'm editing pictures while I'm at their job so (laughs) it was becoming a huge issue hassle but it also goes to like, I don't know, I was just always fighting to try and get like what I wanted. I wanted a name and stability and I wanted to prove to people that I was worth what I know I'm worth. So I was like doing the absolute most to be like, look, I could do all of this and juggle this and this is why you should hire me. And then it kind of worked. I can definitely attest to that because I've been in several situations with you where I see you at the club and I'm there until three in the morning. And then I see you standing next to me. I'm like, you have to be up in like an hour. Yep. And it's, it's just funny. Cause you know, a lot of people post things just for, just for the gram, but you're actually mm-hmm. doing the work and I respect that. Thank you. <laughs> Tell me a little bit more about how you got into photography after you decided to stop dancing and, and what made you really want to pursue it, especially with you know, within the music industry and working with artists? Well, growing up, I was going to every concert possible. Like I loved music. So anytime there was a concert in town, I was probably there, whether I won the tickets off the radio or I just somehow convinced my mom to buy me tickets or something. But I managed to go to all the like cool concerts at the time. And um, I had a best friend who was into photography also. She gave me my first digital camera, which was like a point and shoot Kodak camera. And we were using that for MySpace. And Obviously. I, uh, I kind of liked it. And then I think I met one of our, my ex's friends and she's like, well, I have a Nikon. Do you want it? And she gave it to me. And then I was like, whoa, whole new world of photography. And I was like realizing how cool it was. And I just started practicing. 
I was probably booking shoots back then too, just to get my like, kickoff or whatever. And um, I want to say it was, it, I mean, it was the MySpace era. Like I was so dedicated to doing something cool that stood out that would get people to follow me, like my work, and then want to work with me. And um, when it came to the concerts, I was going to so many already. So I started sneaking my camera in. I was like, okay, well, I could bring this little Kodak camera, put it in my bra, and like, no one's gonna, oh, it's the wire in my bra. No, it's not. It's a brick in my boob. <laughs> so um, I started like finessing, bringing my camera all over the place. And then um, I think, I don't know who told me, but I eventually found out like, no, you have to, you know, as media, you have to contact these people, get permission. And little by little, I started learning, started getting permission from people, sometimes getting declined and finding alternate ways of sneaking my camera in. But I always found a way to get my camera in. Like I was convinced if I don't if I don't have front row in general or a, a press pass, I wasn't going to go. So I was like, all right, I either get front row tickets or I'm going to get a press pass. And if I don't get a press pass, I'm going to buy the cheapest ticket and finesse my way to the front with my camera. And it worked a lot. I don't know how in the hell I feel it like it works so many times. Like I've seen it actually happen. And I'm like, how did you end up over here? And you're, you just like... I don't know. I guess I people know. just trust you because <laughs> you're like, I'm a photographer for this event. And they're like, okay. Yeah. And if just, I were to do that, they'd be like, yeah, you can, you can leave. <laughs> no, I, I literally be like, I have to go. The bus is going to leave me. And I don't even know who the artist is. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm going to get left. You're going to, I'm going to lose my job. They're like, okay, go on. Boom. Oh my God. I need to try the that greatest. next time. I've done the most. It just get <laughs> so how did Revolt Music Conference change the course of your life? Oh, uh that's the first time I shot Ray Shremmerd. I also shot Kehlani. Is it Kehlani or Kehlani? Kehlani. I don't know. Kehlani and Bryson Tiller that day. Oh, I remember this. Mm -hmm. Revolt it, that was concert. like their first. It like, was like in a small room. Yeah, it was a ballroom at, yeah. uh, I don't know. Fountain was Blue? It the, Fountain Blue or Epic. It was one of the other. I think it was um, a Fountain Blue. It might have been Fountain Blue. I, I remember they changed this. It. This must have been like six years, seven years ago? 2015. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> We're getting Oh my God. I don't even watch. That's so sad. <laughs> no, only reason I know that's because I constantly look at that video where I met them and it was 2015. It was October, 2015. I know that for sure. And, um, so you've been working with them for a minute. Yeah. People don't believe me, but I, I have, <laughs> I have the iPhone footage to prove it it's in there. Um, it was October 2015. I went to the Revolt Music Conference. I think it was free because they were like looking for people to fill in the room because it was their first like conference. Yep. So I was like, okay. And I brought my camera and I remember them saying like, we don't know if you could have your camera. Matter, matter of fact, like don't show your camera when you see the video cameras on you. Like you're, we're being filmed. So they're like, when you see a camera point at you, put the camera away. I'm like, all right. So luckily they let me hold my camera down and I was just shooting. I'm sure my camera was all in the way. I didn't care. I was just like, I'm getting these pictures and I shot everybody. I shot Ray Shremmerd. Um, I think that same night I probably posted several pictures and that's when I was like watermarking my stuff. And um, I think it's going to be funny. I think Norma had a after party like at a sidebar. Oh my God, I remember. Okay. Which by the way is not sidebar it, anymore. It's Because I went there recently and I was like, wait. So they like reopened something there now? Something completely different. I think so actually since the last time I was there, they reopened it again as something different. Oh, so sad. Sidebar was. The it was like a, a staple Miami yeah, spot man. where Norma threw a bunch of parties that all of us were at. So much fun. <laughs> the good old days. Yep. So I, I think like a couple of days after she had a after party and I know um, she also knew the boys too and they showed up or they were hosting and I went there and I was just like, I saw Slim Jimmy on stage, Sway and Mike Will made it was there and his artist and I don't know what maybe I think I've done I've done this before at a concert. So I was like, let me try it again. I took my phone out, pulled up the picture that Jimmy posted. And I was like, I took this photo. And he was like, that's you. And I'm like, yeah. And he grabbed my phone out of my hand and just started filming. And I'm like, what in the world's happening? Like, OK. And he just took my phone around the room, filmed You're everybody. Like, Can I get my phone back? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm, I'm paranoid as hell right now. <laughs> and he like has my phone. He's filming. He's like, yeah, da, 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 like raging. And then he was like, what's your name? And I'm like, Amanda. And then he was like, all right, what up, Amanda? Da, 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 da. And he hands me my phone back. And I'm just like. I have the footage where you see me reacting to him handing me my phone. I just look like a little kid, like at the ice cream store. I'm like, <gasps> like, oh my God, he said my name. Okay. And I want to say either he DMs me or he messaged me. But like later on, he was like, I've been trying to find you. Like, I thought you were a catfish and da, 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 da. And I was like, what? <laughs> he was like, yeah, like, where do you live? And da, 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 da. And like, he gave me his number. And then like, we just immediately clicked right away. And I think like, maybe we 
we lost contact at one point, but when we got in contact again, it was crazy. Like he found me in the crowd at a concert that I went to and he just handed me a blunt and he was like, what up? And I'm like, oh my God, he remembers me. And he was like, where you been? And he was like, I need you on the road with me. I was like, all right. And I thought he was joking, but like dead ass five days, I got like an itinerary to go to Europe. And I was like, holy crap. Like, so how did you deal with your job? Cause you were working full time at that point. Yeah. And I just got the job too. It was brand new. I had just got a job at like a little like dental office. And, um, I remember just like being, like I walked in the office, like this, it wasn't even like HR. I went into the CEO's office, like shaking and trembling. I'm like, look, just got an opportunity to go on tour. It's going to be a month long. I don't have enough vacation days for that. Barely anything. Like I just started. And like when I explained it to him, he was like, okay, well, can you do this? Like, can you train someone to do your job right now? And like, he kind of just let me do it. It was so crazy. He let me do it that year. But then like two years later, when I had another opportunity to tour, he was like, yeah, nah, we got to replace you. You can't do it again. I was like, what? You, you did let me do it the first round and I can't do it the second. Okay. I know whatever. like two years later, you think that he would have softened up. By yeah. Now. <laughs> like I'm a pro at this job now. Like y'all need me, but nah, he was just like, nah, not right now. We can't have you leave. And I'm like, all right, well, and like, I just not cleared it. I was like, all right, this is the moment I got to go. Then I was, I felt like a little kid, like growing the hell up. Cause I like, I guess I like staying busy and I like knowing I have always like an income coming in, especially living out here. It's like, all nice but it's hard yeah it's crazy what was that was your first tour experience right with them in europe yeah what was that experience like once you went over there uh had you ever been to europe before then i i think i like i barely left this florida like i probably only been to like new york and california at the time so at by then me going overseas i was already scared because they already left ahead of me so i was on like an 18 hour flight by myself. And I'm just like, uh. and then I didn't know, like you need international plans. So like my phone is like not working overseas. And the tour manager's like, where's Amanda? We can't reach her. Like it was the craziest thing. But um, they put me on a plane by myself. I made it there. I think I landed, it was Iceland maybe. But I feel like I had to stop in Amsterdam. I don't know why. Cause I remember like freaking, I'm like, this is Amsterdam, whoa. And then mm-hmm. going to Iceland, but when I got there, I just realized like how much, like, first of all, Europe appreciates music way more. Like it's just so nice. And like everyone gets along. They're just happy to be there. There's no fights happening. They're just lit. And, um, I, I realized like, there's just so much more to see. Like everything you see, like in the movies was real. Like when I went to Paris, I'm like, yo, this is where they did fast and furious. Like, holy crap. Like I'm seeing everything I've seen in movies and just pictures online and history books. You see it all in real life. And I'm just like, I have to go everywhere now. Like, I don't want to just stay at home. Like, I want to hit every, all the states, the the whole U.S. I want to do a whole U.S. tour. I want to do, like, Australia. I want to do everything now. But when you're with them, like, people you just genuinely get along with and, like, they were, like, family. Like, it was just, it was like I wasn't working. And it flew by so fast. And I was, like, so sad when it was over. And I'm like, oh, my God, when are we going to do this again? Because it was like an adrenaline rush. I just had to keep doing it. And then... You come back home and you're like, oh, well, here we are in Florida. (laughs) (laughs) What was the craziest thing that happened on that tour? I don't know if I'm correct on this. I don't know if Jimmy lost his chain on the first or the second tour. The second tour, did he lose it? I don't remember. I mean, he did lose a $100,000 chain in Paris. It was like right after Kim Kardashian got like, robbed as well so I was just like this is a setup like I was like swearing it was a You're setup like, we gotta get out of Paris yeah we gotta get out they don't care <laughs> but um he did he um he got his chain like it just it was devastating I watched it happen and I'm the one like I don't care what no one on my tour on that tour says I was the one that noticed he lost the chain like the chain wasn't on his neck and I'm like yo someone just grabbed it off his neck they're like no we so-and-so has it I'm like no 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 he doesn't have it so anytime someone was like so-and-so had it I would go to them I'm like do you have it nah he has it do you have it nah so-and-so has it do you have the chain nah I was like cut the music the chain is gone and they were like what and I'm like Jimmy where's your chain he was like he got it they're like no he don't I was like oh my gosh this is the worst day ever like, like close the doors. Yeah, pff, I wish they could have. Maybe we would have found the guy. Like I don't. He got away with that. Um, for that night, yeah. Like I don't know how. Like he has the chain now, but oh, he got it back. 
I don't know if he got it back. I mean, like he just has the chain now. Like he has the same exact chain. Oh, but okay. I, I, that night definitely didn't get it back. That guy must have cleared it and ran as fast as he can because like he was gone. It's just so crazy how you like don't notice someone taking a chain off of you. He, well, he was um, crowd surfing. Mistake number one. Yeah, yeah but like that normally lost it when he crowd surfs. So he he's very good with like turning around, taking off the jewelry, handing it to us, and like handing us the mic. Like anything liable, he'll hand to us. But like that crowd in Paris was so lit. Like I can understand why he just wanted to jump and be with them because it was just like the energy was crazy. They probably were waiting hours for us to come out, and this was at the time. This was like the first. It was Gucci and Ray Schremmer concert. So it was like the first time we were going to be with him and do Black Beatles together. And then we didn't even get to go do Beatle, Black Beatles together because of what happened. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, if you think about it till this day, I don't think they performed it together ever. Live. Think about it. Black Beatles, I've never seen them live together except the music video. Which is such a good song. I know. I mean, they have a lot of hits. So I was like so sad. But yeah, I think that was probably the craziest thing. That and then um, we, I don't know what's considered crazy. I mean, my, I did my first jet ski ride in Croatia. That oh was really God. nice. What a sick place to do your first jet ski ride. I know. And I'm, I feel like I almost died and drowned, but it was worth it all. <laughs> in Croatia. Oh, one of the most beautiful places. It was so nice. I wish we didn't have to leave. And then we got there like, cause like production gets there like a day later or whatever. Like the boys were able to party there a little bit longer than us. But when we got there, I was like, I think when everyone was sleeping, me and a few of the production guys were like, you know what? F this. We're going on a jet ski. So we like ran away from the hotel, went on some skis and kind of enjoyed ourselves like by ourselves. And it was really nice. That sounds nice. Mm -hmm. What do people not know about touring or the music business that you wish they did? It's not as nice as it seems. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I mean. Makes total sense. Everyone thinks it's like the greatest thing ever. And I'm just like, no, like I struggle a lot tough like I, I'm, I, I people probably think I should be rich at this point I'm not even there <laughs> it's like not even close but and you're you're rich in connections and yes in experience because you've photographed a lot of different artists especially mm -hmm. because I could always see you whatever festival I'm at you're there shooting somehow mm -hmm. in the pit taking pictures of people and I feel like you really nurture your connections mm -hmm. and that's half yeah. the battle but I completely agree I think like in the small amount of time that I did work in music, I think the first thing that I noticed was, oh, wow, this is really different than I thought it was. Oh, yeah. It's so. And I've had other photographers ask me to, like, um, I forgot. I think it was, like, an R&B festival out here we had. I had one photographer come up to me. He was like, bro, like, how do you do it? And I'm like, oh, do what? And he was like, how do you, like, become friends with these people? And, like, at the time... Uh, I'll name drop it was Denzel Curry he came up to me he was like what's up and like jumped on me but like mind you like I never met him but he just approached me like if we were best friends and it was because like I think he might have seen me in the room like in different other rooms and stuff like that so I was probably had a recognizable face or something but like I'd just be cool I'd be like what up da -da -da -da. how are you yo let me get some pictures da -da -da -da. and then the other guy's like hey can I get a pic and then he won't pose for him and he was like how do you get them to pose and I'm <sighs> like I don't know I just I try not to bombard them. Like I kind of I ask them, how are you? <laughs> like, I'm like, hey, how are you? How's life? How's your family? Da, 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 da. Like just BS it, talk and they're human. And I just wait and I don't try to press them for the photos. Like when I'm with the boys, like if we're touring around a show with Ray Shemard, like anytime a photographer was like, oh, I need a picture with Sway. I'm like, yo, can you just give him a little bit? Like give him 10 minutes. Like he just got off stage. Like I don't want him to like ruin your dreams of what you think he's going to be like. And I, I did it a couple of times with other people that I know too. I'm like, don't bombard them. Cause like, you know how they say you don't want to meet your heroes type thing or whatever. Like, yeah, I've been crushed plenty of times by people. So I'm like, I learned my lesson. So please, like if they're grumpy, just give them 10 minutes, let them take a shot, hang out with some girls and they'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> so funny that you say that about Denzel Curry, because fun fact you scroll all the way back on my Instagram and literally the first picture is of Denzel Curry holding my Crazy. business card with my logo. That's I was awesome. in this random studio in Hallandale Beach somewhere, like oh in a God. warehouse. I don't know where it was and it was super sketchy. <laughs> and my mom is like dropping me off because I'm super young at this point. Mm -hmm. And she's like, uh, are you gonna be okay? I'm like, yeah, I'll be fine. Enter like a dark alley to get into this place. And I heard, I was, I heard him rapping and I was like, who, Sick. who is this guy? 
And they're like, oh, he's just this up and coming. Like, you know, this is probably eight years ago. And I was like, no, no, I need to meet him. Like Mm -hmm. he's so, I was so like obsessed with finding new talent and meeting new artists. And at this point he, he was recording that one song that made him blow up. I forgot the name of it. Uh, The first initial one. Not ultimate. I don't remember the name, but it was like his first song that made him blow up. I was just listening to him in the car. (laughs) And I remember like meeting him and I'm like, Hey, yeah. Can you just take a picture? And he's like, what? I'm like, just hold the card and take the picture. And he's like, okay. And we ended up like hanging out with a few other people in the studio that night. And it was just like a really cool experience because I didn't know really who he was. I just loved his music and I wanted to like post him. So if you feel so inclined to lurk me and go all the way back to my first post, it's literally Denzel Curry holding my business card. It's hilarious. I'm going to find it. He has no idea who I am nowadays, but (laughs) it was a very fun moment for me at that time. And I had to share because of your story. What is the most memorable private moment that you experienced that you weren't able to photograph or really, you know, take pictures of? I mean, okay, I had an opportunity to shoot Beyonce and I, I, I missed it. Ooh. Yeah, it was her birthday dinner too. Wait, I'm confused. How do you miss that? Yeah, I'm sick. Um, I didn't trust my gut or my instincts or I didn't, I, I was probably still like afraid or I didn't believe that these people believed in me, but like, um, Lenny which is Kodak Lens on Instagram he invited me to I guess I don't know if it was like his birthday dinner or her birthday dinner something but he like invited me out to his party I didn't come and then like I remember being on like I was in the like terminal and I was like are you still having the party like can I come can I shoot it he was like you can definitely shoot I don't have a shooter come and then I remember like getting on the plane and I'm like damn I should get off the plane and like go shoot this and like he sent me a picture. He was like, this is what you just missed. And it was literally Beyonce, Jay-Z, him, and like a few other popular ass people. And I was just like slumped in my airplane seat, like ready to cry. And I asked them if I could get off the plane. I was like, can I get off the plane? I don't feel good. And they were like, oh, we're getting ready to take off. And I was like, Fuck. like Where in were you my going? Head, home. Oh my God. And it, and it was funny because this was around Coachella time too. Because Sweetie flew me out there for Coachella. And was this recent? This was... Like two years ago? Like two, three years ago, probably. This is like right when she's like was with Quavo. Um, yeah, so it was like <laughs> three years ago or so. But I, what happened was like my job was wishy-washy with me. So I ended up staying. I, I extended my stay. They were like, well, you better not come back to work. You, you're suspended for seven days. And I was like, well, hell, I might as well still in, stay in L.A. and try and work. And I stayed like four days and I was trying to find work and nothing was happening. And that day I decided to leave is when like, boom, the the party with like Lenny and Beyonce and all of them was happening. And I was just like, I should probably stay. And like, I, till this day, he knows I regret that. Like I apologize so much to him. I was like, I'm so sorry. I should have stayed and believed you. But I was like, I guess my time will come. I don't know. Zoe told me Jay-Z knows who I am, but he probably don't know me by name. But like I was brought up to him in a conversation one time. And Zoe was like, yo, I tried to call you and you didn't answer the phone. And I literally heard like, jay-z say your name and i was like throwing up when he told me that <sighs> and i regret not that now i have my facetime on 24 no you're literally just staring at your phone waiting for beyonce to call you <laughs> i was like oh my gosh i can't believe it it's so funny because like you in any other time in any other situation you would have hopped off that plane mm-hmm. at lax with a dream in your cardigan yeah and i was so like because it's like sometimes you don't know if it's really gonna happen like you can get booked for a gig and it'll flake or someone will tell you they got your they got you and then it's like you go and it's like they act like they don't know you or something so I was just like so scared to like leave and just I didn't have a place to stay which I guess I learned that day communication is really big because he told me he was like if you would have told me you needed this 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 like I would have looked out for you as a friend because I'm telling you to come here come shoot come work and like if you needed those things I would have handled it for you so now I'm very open to all my homies and friends and artists that I talk to. Like, oh, you want me to come out there and shoot? Cool. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you. I, I'm i on a red eye, so I have nowhere to crash. So unless I could crash with you wherever till my flight, cool. But communication is very important now. What else would you say that you've learned through all of your crazy experiences? Um, What else? That water and champagne does not go with a camera. Cause I've <sighs> lost plenty of cameras cause of it. And, um, I want to say 
people wonder how like I take certain pictures and a lot of people I admire them how they shoot because they're able to like you know they pop in their memory card and it's like oh you know I just left Travis Scott concert I got 600 photos and like I pop my memory card in and I have like 3,781 photos and they were like what so like besides like I'm going home and I only have a certain amount of time to go through them like I overshoot like hell but it's because I never want to miss a moment and that's why people are like oh like you take such good candids and like you capture the moment so well that's because I'm like you're literally like I'm never letting go like I am gonna make sure I get that photo if I miss it I like beat myself something happened with my camera where like it didn't allow me to take the picture I will literally like cry about it later but I just I always feel like like I always freak out when I see other photographers not have their camera up I'm like how do you not have your camera up 24 7 because like anything could happen at any moment like the when Jimmy lost his chain I had it on camera because I was there like like I made sure I had like he's the muse or like you know the main focus so I'm shooting him and I'm making sure I get every tangible moment that's happening like okay I see him crowd surfing and I'm like something's happening I'm like oh my god the chain's falling off and like I literally have a picture of the man grabbing it so it's like I feel like if you're on top of your stuff you're able to capture so many things that you probably wouldn't even realize like you could you know in, in a crowd you just have so many people you could see crazy things happening I don't know but um I'm just always making sure to shoot and I, I don't like putting my camera down I only put my camera down when I know it's not time to shoot because there is downtime a lot with people like artists want their privacy they want to hang out they just want to talk to you sometimes so I'll put the camera away but other than that I the camera's always on I have like 80 batteries <laughs> I've learned the hard way and I I just leave it on and I'm always ready to shoot at any moment because anyone could just yell across the room, get this picture. I got to be ready. Got it. What do you think some obstacles are that you faced as a woman in your field? Um, I mean, I feel like when it comes to, I guess, guys in general, they probably think we're like a liability like, cause like, I, I don't know if you've seen it. Um, do you have me on Twitter? I don't know. I, I was on Twitter one time and I tweeted so. Meek Mill and I was like, oh, like, cause he did like Meek hour where you could ask him anything. And I was like, would you ever let a female photographer go on tour with you? And then he was like, I don't see a problem. Why? But I would have to fight my dog homies off you 24 seven. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, nah. And I kept like hitting him up, hitting him up. And he like followed me and we spoke, but like hearing that from him, it just goes to show you like, okay, yeah. Like the artist could respect you, but like the entourage could just be jerks. I don't know. Not saying especially in music, that, but yeah, especially um, in the music business. Yeah. Like anyone around, like it could be anyone that can disrespect you or try you. And I think that's why I was so lucky and fortunate to like work with Ray Shermer because I was like cool with everybody. No one dis- disrespected me. Like it was just love, like literally like brother, f- sisters, whoever, like everybody. And, um, yeah, they're respectable ass people. So I never had an issue on the road. Um, with other people, I want to say I've had opportunities where like the person will be like, yeah, you know, we can't have you around because like maybe somebody liked you or like something weird. Like they like, think it's going to be a problem. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like it could be <laughs> an issue or they think it's going to cause like drama or something. But and they think that's another thing. I think they think women are drama, period. Like they think we're the problematic people, but really not. I feel like people need women more on tours because we actually get shit done. We keep everything together. It's almost like a mom thing because when I was working with the boys, I felt like I was helping them have things more intact. And like I was paying attention to more details and that some of the guys would pay attention to. But for the most part, I mean, I, I've heard that, a lot of tours and people and management in general do want to improve like improvise and put more women in the positions now because it's really a male dominated industry period when it comes to that but I heard that they're you know they're gonna try and change it especially after COVID and the pandemic like there's a lot of people that want opportunities and it's mainly women so hopefully they do change that because girls are bosses and they will get it done because mm-hmm. a man may forget, you know, they got the call of duty and then the PS five <laughs> and, you know, we don't give a damn, we're going to get it done. So, right. Let's talk about shooting for free versus getting paid. Oh God. This is a big topic that I feel like I always see on your Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Like people really just stay commenting the craziest stuff to you. Um, 
there are certain situations when you're growing as a photographer and maybe you don't have much experience where you will weigh the benefits of asking to get paid versus working for free to build your portfolio. Mm -hmm. So how did you navigate that in the beginning of your career? I want to say like, if you were to go to like my website and look at all the pictures on there, right? I'm almost like, it's probably like 89% of that of my portfolio is free. Like 89% of it's probably free. And that's because, and the only say 89 is because if I didn't have the weddings in there, then it'd probably be like 95% of it is free because like I do all types of shoots. But um, shooting for free, of course I did it in the beginning because I wanted to get into the concerts. I wanted to get into the shows. I wanted to meet people. I built foundations with the artists or even the um, venue owners type stuff. So once I got that down, I mean, even till this day, I still have issues trying to figure out like, okay, like they, like when they start inviting me out, that's when I'm like, okay, like now am I getting paid? Cause now you're inviting me to come. Cause you see what I'm able to do. But obviously if I hit them up, I already know they're, they're going to be like, all right, cool. Yeah. You can come. Cause they know like, they feel like they don't have to pay me because I'm coming. I asked permission and they're granting me access to whatever it is. But, um, for the most part, I just, I did a lot of free shooting and I feel like it has to be like a mutual thing. Like I have a few people that like respect me enough to know like, all right, like, yeah. So like, what do I owe you? Or like, what's your rate? Like that's something rare you hear now. But, um, now like I, the minute someone hits me up like, yo, we should work together. I was like, cool. What's your budget? <laughs> like mm -hmm. I'm cutting you off right away. Like, let me know what your budget is. Let me know if you have a bag because I can't do this anymore. And like one person who taught me that was Jimmy. Jimmy was like, look, I'm paying you this amount of money. If a kid hits you up saying that he wants a photo shoot, he wants to look like me, like not me, but whatever you're, however you're making me look, he wants that same look. So you need to charge him the same price you charge in me. And I was like, okay. And then he was like, oh, and like, he was kind of teaching me like rates and what I should charge people. But he literally was like getting upset when I was explaining, like when I'm back home, how certain people don't want to pay. And it's crazy because it's really the artists that already made it that don't want to pay the rates. And like a local artist will literally pay me a thousand dollars just to do something quick. And then like, I have like a verified person that just doesn't, he keeps lowballing me or throwing it under like, oh, I just need this. It's one picture. Da, 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 da. No. Okay. You're like, I'll you're paying for amount. my travel time to wherever <clears throat> you are editing post-production. I think that that's really interesting and it's, and I appreciate your honesty because I feel like a lot of photographers that I know are always like, yeah, you know, you work for free for a little and then that's it. You know, you get, you only do paid gigs or you only charge X amount, but then once in a while, an amazing opportunity is going to come up like mm -hmm. shooting Beyonce, let's say, and you get invited to do something like that, that may not necessarily be something that you charge for mm -hmm. because of the connections in that room that are going yeah. to expand your career so much more, just meeting new people. Mm -hmm. Like you may not get paid that night, but you may meet someone that night who's going to pay you $5,000 to do like their album cover or whatever it is. No. I, and I feel like that's how it works too. Cause like, I want to say, um, like I'm going to just name drop and name it like Davies. Like I worked with him for like five years now. I think I t it was, we just discussed it. It's been five years. I've been shooting him unfortunately I never got paid from him like I don't ask him to pay me like we're friends I knew him right before he signed his deal and we work a lot together but then there comes times where like you know some people be like you know we got to cut you a check or we got to cut you this and like they'll tip me which I'm cool with that too because it's not like a $20 tip like they're gonna tip me well so it, it kind of makes up for all of that but from shooting him so much then Def Jam reached out to me and would give me budgets for other things they want me to do so it kind of made up for that so like me working hard with him for free I got in contact with the label and now the label's paying me to do other things for them so that's kind of like it's like you have to take the L to get a W in a weird way so I was like okay cool I'll do it and I do it very often even till today I did it today <laughs> I did it today I shot someone for free today because he um, he's an NFL player. He paid me like, let's say 1200 for something super simple, like a yacht shoot. And he told me recently, like a lot of the guys didn't want to pay me. And he was like, no, like I respect her. I know she worked hard, this and that. And you know, 
these are pictures for us. These are our memories. So we should owe it to her. And he actually ended up paying everything in full out of like a group of guys. So when he told me that he came back into town, I was like, you know what? Let me shoot your workout session. Like I got you. Like that was love. So I shot him and he was like, you know what? When we're back in session, I'm going to fly you out. You're going to come to a game. You're going to shoot me during the game. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like now that led to like a whole nother like shooting actual football game probably. So I'm like, all right, cool. Like it's like it's a video game kind of theory, I guess. Relationships are so <laughs> valuable. And I feel like especially in photography, especially in the music industry, it's all about who you know. You know, yeah. you hear that all the time, but a lot of people don't actually hear stories like yours where you're actually going out into the field like you're getting paid you're still like working just as hard and staying up all all hours of the night to edit the pictures and you're putting the same amount of effort in mm. but it's because you see it as a long game and i think yeah. that that's really important to note because a lot of people especially in this generation are so obsessed with instant gratification and instant everything that People think like, oh, I did three free shoots. Like I should be getting paid X amount now. And their head gets a little big. So it's important to really remember that there are certain situations that the relationships are way more valuable than any check you're going to get that night. And I think that, like you can also see that in the images and like just off of and not even images like because, you, you know, me, if I'm with somebody working with them and I. I have that connection with them. I'll post them on my story. Like, and you just see how we're like joking, laughing, having a good time. Like I won't even be shooting them, but we'll have a conversation on my snap or something like chemistry is everything to me. So I rather build that relationship with them. Cause at the same time, photography, like the person that you're shooting needs to trust you. Cause you can literally take those pictures and do whatever you want with them. Like I, I know there's people that debate about this, but like I own all my images. I never signed mine away. The only one I signed away was Nicki Minaj. I had to do that, but <laughs> <laughs> like it was for the image. album cover of yikes. And that was my first time realizing like, Oh snap, they own this image now. Like I can't do nothing. Like it's over with. I don't need delete it out of my inventory. Like it's gone. So that was the first time I realized like how crazy it gets when you sell an image to somebody and um, U usage rights. Yeah. I mean, she pretty much owns that photo forever. I can't do nothing with it now. Like, yeah. But like, for example, for Grey Goose, when we do huge photo shoots and we mm -hmm. work with a photographer, typically we will pay extra for usage rights and we'll okay. say, okay, we have a hundred percent usage. I can put it on a billboard online, sell something with it, mm -hmm. but for X amount of time. And usually we try to get like perpetual usage rights, meaning we can use it forever. Okay. But a lot of times photographers will say one year. They'll say, do oh. whatever you want to do for a year. It's X amount to have those usage rights. And then after a year, if you want to use it again, you got to pay the usage rights again for another year. Yeah, I think I signed my life away with that image because I remember, shout out to Dre. Dre, I call him all the time when I have problems with like photos. And I was like, bro, I just got this contract. Uh, help. And like I sent it to him and he was like, well, you, you want to make the money? You got to sign the contract. And it would be my first cover. So I was like, you know what? Take the L, just take it. It was like paparazzi like photo anyways. Yeah. So it was cool to see that, but at least you got paid off of it. I mean, not as much as I wanted, but yeah, <laughs> but it's also good exposure. Yeah. And it was cool. Just I'm guessing she removed your watermark. She, no, not even, she didn't remove it. What's funny is she posted my, the original photo with my watermark. And I thought that was cool as hell because it's still on her page. Like the, when she announced the single, it was the one I posted and it had my watermark on it. And then, of course, the label was like, hey, we need it without the watermark. So I sent it as it was. And they literally used a raw image as the photo. Like, they didn't really touch it up or anything. That's just how I shot it. So I thought that was very cool. Like, they didn't, you know, make it all fancy or nothing. It was just a raw image. But I remember when that happened. You were so excited. I was so excited only because there was, like, other photographers that was in that club talking shit about me. And they were like, <laughs> my pictures are so much better. Why doesn't Nikki like them? And I'm just like, wait till you see the bomb I'm about to drop. <laughs> like, right. So I was like, all right. And that's why I like being nice to people. Like all the shooters that I know, like I respect everybody, but there's some people that just think they're really too good for anybody. Like this one guy just kept getting in my way and he got in the way of Derek G. Now, if you're from Florida, Derek G is a legend and he was getting in his way of his shots. And Derek G told me he was there with, you know, young money. He got paid. He was working for Nikki. And I'm like, yo, get out the way. That's her shooter. And I'm with that with anybody. If I'm at a show and I see the artist photographer trying to get around, like, they're, they're getting paid. They have to get the job done. Get out the way so they can get the shot. Like, I'll sacrifice my shot to get the person that's working for them to get their shot. But some people were just getting in his way. And I was like, you know what? I backed out. I let them do what they wanted. When 
the whole thing cleared up. I went and got my shots, cleared it, and then one of my shots that just she ended up liking them. I was like, okay. Let's talk about your relationship with Sweetie because you have been shooting her for years and you've taken some of my favorite pictures of her and she's obviously blown up over the past, you know, two years. Mm -hmm. How did you guys meet and how did that relationship grow? We met through Justin Combs. She was dating Justin, which I guess everyone knows now because of like the interview she just did. But when, um, one of the first people if you were to scroll like all the way down to my very first post on instagram it probably has 23 likes and one of the 23 likes is justin combs he was like my friend before like instagram became instagram and we knew each other off of twitter all these apps making my life happen um so justin i was always shooting justin when he was coming up when he was playing football stuff like that and then um i guess one day i met his girlfriend it was sweetie and at the time like I guess you could say she was just modeling stuff like that and she's a cancer just like me so we clicked and like you know it was just a group of us that were always hanging out and she was part of that group and then um when they broke up I kind of like uh she just really she's always been able to freestyle so she was always good at freestyling her little car freestyles and then I realized like she was taking it more serious so whenever she's in Miami I'm like oh let's link let's hang out I would shoot her and then next thing you know she I guess she got signed or like things were happening and she's like well come over here and do this for me and do this and do this and next thing you know I'm like traveling with her working with her and it's just been growing since then like she's every time I see her it's like she's quadrupled everything like she has like 11 million followers I remember when she maybe had like 60k right (laughs) so she just keeps growing and growing but yeah we've just been super duper good friends like she's the one during like summer jam when summer jam was happening I think I was locked out of my room and I crashed in her room type stuff. Like she'll be like, all right, here. And we would watch like Super Bowls and everything together. Like, yeah, that's the homie. So, How do you use social media as a photographer? Do you have any advice for people trying to connect with their favorite artists or people to reach out to? I'm trying to think how like I reach out to certain people now. You do have a very entertaining Twitter, I will say. <laughs> yeah. I do a lot of You showcase your personality a lot, I think. Yeah, I'm trying to do it more. I wish I could delete a lot of my past on there. You can. I, I don't know how. Teach me. Okay, there's like an <laughs> app or like a web app that you can use and mm-hmm. you like link it to your Twitter and it deletes all your oh, old tweets. Yeah, because I have no idea what I said like in 20 whatever. Just do it. Just and in I, case. I just, like JT, how she was like, you know what? Bloop, deleted the whole thing because like who knows what we were saying back in the day. But um, I, I try to get more vocal on there now just because like, not to say Instagram's getting boring, but it's like I feel like Instagram is, has almost become a job. Like we have to post something entertaining or like it sucks. I, I would love to have an Instagram where it's like only 30 photos and it's like I only post one mega photo and then it's lit. But I feel like it used to be that way. It's not anymore. Yeah. And like the whole algorithm is messed up. I don't see. God, I hate that algorithm so much. I, I literally had to create a finsta just so i could add my family and like super duper close friends because like i don't see them on my big page no more so i'm just like all right well i'm just gonna make this like clients and then have a finsta for like family friends and then photos of me because i realized i don't want to post myself on my page no more because it's just getting out of hand like as i grow kids are crazy my dms are wild and it's like these are like kids that could be my little brother or sister saying wild shit to me so i was like yeah let me not do this no more but um, as far as networking on social media, I tell everybody when they are like, Oh, how do how can I reach out to this person? I'll be like, yo, just shoot them a DM, like ask them. Cause nine out of 10, they're bored and they're on their phone and they're looking at it. Like I've, there's been, I'm trying to think like someone who I, I shoot, shoot my shot at or whatever. And it's worked, but it's worked plenty of times with people like, and you're not verified on Instagram. Not yet. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> verified Instagrams go into a different folder. So, you know, they're lurking. Yeah. They're always just lurking, lurking. And I also want to say it's also, I think, like probably your default photo. I still won't change my default photo. It's so old, but it's a yellow background. I feel like it's like trademarked at this point. It like, is actually. I know which photo you're talking mm-hmm. about. So, I was like, if I change it, people aren't going to recognize me. And I, I couldn't even find a picture of you on your Instagram. Like when I was As posting recently, for people to ask oh, questions. Yeah. I was like, this girl, this girl posts a million photos. I don't see one of her. Yeah. They're kind of hidden too. Like, um, I mean, like I've I've recently posted one of me and the boys 
Cause I haven't yeah, taken that was, one that together. one I saw was recent. I did that one. And then like, I'm, if I show you the app I use, like for posting my stuff, like I have a roll out of photos of myself, but I save that because of content. Like when I don't have content to post, then I'll post myself. Like, I, I think I told you that before. If you see me posting myself, it's cause it's slow. It's a slow work day, slow work week, month, whatever. I'm just trying to go by and like keep people like entertained. Cause that's what I'm doing on Instagram. Anyways, I'm entertaining the people that follow me. So since the boys were just in Miami, I have already maybe 10 posts ready to go. And I just like load them up every three days. And then once those are up, I'm hoping like, all right, hopefully rolling loud is happening or a festival or something's going to come up and then I'll have more content to go. And it's like a, a gun in a barrel. I just keep rolling, thro- loading, boom, 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 boom. But when you start seeing me on my page a lot, it means I'm not doing crap. <laughs> So we only have a few minutes left. Mm-hmm. I want to do a little like rapid fire question. So you just answer ah, these okay. questions. Okay. <laughs> Dream person to shoot slash work with. I guess it's going to be uh, Beyonce, I guess. Beyonce, Jay-Z, the duo, even Blue Ivy. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Dream tour. If you could put it together. Ski Master Slump God, Ray Schremmerd, uh Lil Yachty, Travis Scott, and... Uh, I don't know somebody that's new. a pretty good lineup I think that's a good one I gotta think of someone else I probably was I throw someone from Florida in there but I just can't think of them right now so I'm sure you get asked this a lot but rapid fire equipment equipment you would recommend for a beginner any Canon Rebel I, that's I actually got booked on tour with a Canon Rebel and it's probably like a $300 camera and um, I think like Travis Scott's photographer uses the same camera too. And it's like, he doesn't even have a flash. He uses a flash that's on it. So it's like, if he min- can do minimal. it. Yeah. Like if he, he got booked and does so much, he still shoots, I think with that camera, but me. Gunner Gunnar Saul? Not Gunnar. It was um, Ray's Corrupted Mind. Oh, right, right, right. I mix them up. Yeah. So Ray used a Rebel before and I used the Rebel T3i to be exact on my first Ray Shimmer tour. And I still have it. I wanted to sell it, but I was like, oh, my child. Like, it's still in my room all banged up and stuff. But it's it's legit. And it's super light. And that's why it was easy. Now, I'll probably have carpal tunnel with the heaviest camera I have. <laughs> Where can people find you? In general? Like on Instagram? Not like your location. I was like, where, like, <laughs> like where, where I live right now? Where can people find you on Instagram or social media? Like where I lurk? No, like what's oh, your oh I'm like, are you, I'm like, are we still doing rapid rap fire? Uh, that dancer and my fence is I shoot webs. So if you're human and I like you, I'll add you. Okay, <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I love this combo. Way overdue. You were yeah. my first one of my first podcast interviews, like probably two years ago when I wanted to start doing this. That and was such like an uncut version. Oh, I God. might have to like pull it out of the trenches somewhere. Yeah. It's hidden on it the hard drive somewhere. I still remember what I said in that. I'm That's pretty sure I still have that Polaroid of you. I still have the picture we took on my phone. Oh, amazing. <laughs> I think I do too. <laughs> I remember You're going to have to share that with me so we can post mm-hmm. it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Stay tuned for a brand new episode dropping next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Bye. You're so sweet. <laughs>